You are listening to Herb Mentor Radio by Learning Herbs. I'm John Gallagher. And I'm Tara Ruth. We usually interview a special guest on the podcast, but today, to bring in the new year, we're actually just going to talk the two of us. Oh, just like last year? <laughs> yes, exactly like last year. But this time, instead of just talking about winter, we're going to talk about how to plan your whole herbal year. Wow. How to think like an herbalist all year long. Nice. Yeah, and you know, each season gives us the opportunity to harvest new plant allies, work with different remedies, and offer extra support to different body systems. So let's just go season by season, and Mm -hmm. we're going to give y'all the ultimate guide to thinking like an herbalist all year. (laughs) You you ready, John? Well, I'm wondering, like, it's 2024, we're recording this, but this will work in 2034, right? I mean... I hope so. This is <laughs> yes. ever this is perennial, so to speak. How yes. about thirty thirty four? I mean, in thirty thirty four, somebody will be digging up an iPod out of the ground, <laughs> and the only the evidence nano. of our <laughs> of our civilization will be this podcast. Yes, what and would they so, think? Well, if if this is you, future person listening to us in thirty thirty four, I just want to say greetings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and this podcast will work for you as you're learning about the herbal remedies of 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 your time or maybe you're from another planet oh my gosh i didn't yeah, even I know, think right? about that <laughs> i know i know well i mean if you went to another planet <laughs> you wouldn't know any of the plants it's true right and you'd you'd need a guide mm-hmm. an expert guide an expert guide and this is us. So to the future <laughs> aliens a thousand years from now, we are the Earth's authority on edible and medicinal plants. <laughs> That's way too much pressure. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, I'm John. I'm Tara. And a, welcome to Earth. Kind of a somewhat uh, authority. Uh, <laughs> I like plants. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's a language barrier. They're listening through a translator. This is a lot to think of. I think we need to shelf this for another podcast. Yeah, you've introduced a lot of variables oh my gosh. here, John. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a new year. It's full of possibilities. Oh. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I, and um, I should mention to our mentor members, if you are a member of our mentor site, uh, member mm-hmm. site, we're there on herbmentor.com or whatnot. You know, we have a written guide. All of what we're talking about here is written up as a guide that you can go right on the site now and find and read, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we also include a little extra info about how to tend to your apothecary each season, what you should be thinking about for planning for in the upcoming mm. season. So that's mm. a helpful addition as well. Mm-hmm. And as an extra bonus, if you should go to another planet, we have that guide too. Yeah, for right. sure. For right. sure. <laughs> so um, if we're starting the year here, we're, we're at right now recording this, we're in winter. So Tara, what are some plant allies that you're working with this season in winter? Yeah. So this season, I'm, I mean, there's so many, but my mm. top three favorite ones are cinnamon, ginger, and oat straw. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually working with ginger today because, you know, I, I tend to work with ginger internally, but I also really like it as a topical. And during the colder season, I, I from time to time, can just wake up with a stiff neck. My, my body doesn't like the cold weather. And I woke up with a stiff neck today. So oh. in order to rally for this podcast recording, I made a fresh ginger poultice by grating a bunch of ginger and then sticking it on a paper towel and wow. sticking it on my neck. So how did it work? It's working really well. This is this is one of my favorite topical remedies to make actually all year long, but especially during the winter because ginger is super warming and it's anti-inflammatory, so it can be really helpful when there's you know, signs of inflammation, whether it's a bump or a bruise. And then in my case, having this mm. kind of cold, stiff neck, the ginger is also a circulatory stimulant. So it's bringing a lot of warmth and movement to that mm. area of my body. And it's really nice. I can move my neck now, which is amazing. You know, this is an interesting thing. It just popped in my mind when you're talking about this is that 
if you hear about something like this playing around with herbs, like you can, you can try different like ways of using it. Like you, you actually were putting the the actual ginger on, mm -hmm. on right. Yeah. Did you put like a hot water bottle over that or? I like didn't to heat up. Honestly, with the ginger, I I do this a lot because I'll also I do it when I have a sore back too. Mm -hmm. I either grate it or take slices of it, and then I find a way to get it to to stay in place. So right now I'm using a scarf, and I just mm -hmm. didn't have it in me to hold a hot water bottle there. But I'll leave it for a f uh, like a few hours, and within 30 minutes, it heats up on its own. What about if you just made a really strong ginger tea and and, and, and dipped a, a, a rag in that or a, or a cloth, a washcloth, yeah. and 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 just the warm tea and put that compress on your neck? Would that have been okay too? Absolutely. That's actually no. that was the inspiration for the ginger poultice when I was in herbalism school we created strong ginger tea dipped it in a rag and then tried using that as a fomentation mm -hmm. and i noticed how helpful it was and so that was what i was originally doing and then i just i got excited about the poultice too so either of those options would work great or even doing if you have a ginger tincture mm -hmm. or a ginger vinegar or a ginger salve applying that topically as well all work super well See, it's just fun about it. You can use one herb and go deep this year as you're learning and planning. And maybe, you know, like these uh, dozen herbs we're talking about today, you could do one a month and, right, and try mm -hmm. different kinds of remedies with each one so you actually get to know the plant. And it's yeah. it's so fun because the same principles apply with each plant, right? So with ginger, I'm applying it topically because it's warming, it's antispasmodic, so it helps with if you have spasm and tension in, in an area of your musculature. Mm -hmm. And then it also is a circulatory stimulant. And then I can apply all those principles to working with it internally, too. You know, if my if I'm having digestive cramps or menstrual cramps, I can take ginger internally to help with that tension as well. Or if there's just a little digestive stagnation, you can also take ginger because it's warming, it's moving. So it's hmm. it's a really fun way to get flexible with the Ooh, herbs okay. and see what they can do. All right. Well, what's our next herb you want to? Yeah. Show us how to be flexible with. Yes. My next one is cinnamon. Mm -hmm. I love cinnamon. I so many people are familiar with it as just a culinary herb that you maybe you have in a cinnamon bun. I remember going yes. to this to the cinnabun store restaurant cafe in the mall when I was a kid with my mom. So I really associate cinnamon with <laughs> that with really mall. fun experience with the mall. <laughs> and Herbal that's medicine why I love at cinnamon. the mall. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> but like ginger, cinnamon is also a circulatory stimulant. It, you know, it's bringing blood flow to an area. And it's also antispasmodic, helping to relieve tension. And I really like adding cinnamon to my tea blends. Whatever tea blend I have, I usually just add a little pinch of cinnamon because mm. it helps It helps kind of potentize any tea formula with that circulatory stimulant action, getting all the, the mm. medicines circulating. Mm. And then also as a tension reliever, it's really nice. I, I mean, honestly, I have insomnia like all year long, but especially during the winter time, it can be challenging for me. And a little bit of cinnamon in some warm milk, whether it's a plant-based milk or a dairy milk, right before bed can be a really nice way to help soothe the nervous system and your musculoskeletal system and just bring you into a state of nourishment and relaxation so you can get some deep sleep. And yeah. even to brush your teeth with a little cinnamon Exactly. Water two before bed. I mean, yes. see, there's all these ways you can use one plant. Yes. Yeah, because cinnamon is antimicrobial too. So it brings oh. that great quality to if you're using it as a little toothpaste brush mm -hmm. powder, I guess is what the word I'm looking for. And that's yeah. why you uh, see a lot of natural toothpastes with uh, cinnamon in it. Mm-hmm. Aha. Aha. You can learn a lot from labels of things, like, you know, <laughs> like what's in them. Even like uh, herbal blends. And as you're going along this year, you see a tincture blend, you see a tea blend. Look at it. What's in it? Mm -hmm. You know what? You know, maybe it's a, it says relaxing tea and you look at it and there's five herbs in it. Like what 
you know, look into, read, read up on them and learn a little bit about them. And yeah. Why are they in there? And speaking of relaxing tea. Mm. Speaking of it. <laughs> uh, oat straw. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. oat straw. Well, I, as I say about almost every plant, oat straw is one of my favorite herbs, but I really mm. mean it when I say oat straw. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Kimberly's too. I got to tell you. <laughs> okay. As so... <laughs> Tell me, John. (laughs) We've been together a long time, 27 years or something like that. And, uh, you know, and and, and she's an amazing, I mean, amazing cook, right? And then the thing is I'm I'm the person who cleans up, so that's the deal, you know. And and so she is so great. I mean, there's always a lot of dishes in the kitchen after. (laughs) (laughs) But when I'm cleaning or like sweeping the floor or there's always oat straw everywhere it get like you know like it's under the counters it's in between it's on thing it's in the dishwasher it's on yeah. the oh yeah so yeah i think kimberly loves oat straw just as much as you yeah it's a it's a requirement for working for learning herbs actually it's in the interview process yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for good reason i mean oat straw is amazing it's this mineral rich herb it's the stock of the oat plant and it's this mineral-rich wonder plant that's really soothing and nourishing specifically for our nervous system. So it's great over time to help bring in more of those nourishing minerals for our nervous system tissue in our body. And it's also great for the integumentary system, for our hair, skin, and nails. Ooh. Just brings a lot of deep and slow nourishment, which I, I really like that about oat straw. It's a plant that you build a relationship with over time mm-hmm. and that's really nice to to bring in that slow quality during the mm-hmm. winter time because this is a season you know even though our new year's resolution culture tells us to immediately go 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 and accomplish everything within the first month of the year this is actually a time of a lot of stillness if you look at the landscape around you a lot of plants have dropped their leaves there's they're not fruiting they're not flowering all their energy is under the ground being slow nourishing getting ready to bloom in spring so mm. oat straw its benefits build over time over the course of at least six months so it's a great opportunity to practice that slowness and it also just tastes really good <laughs> i just it's so mild and it's a great one to add you know you can even add it to a soup stock or you can add it into a lot of different recipes so cinnamon ginger i i we all know we can grab those in the supermarket or any market where would I find oat straw? Because that's kind of weird. Yeah, great question. (laughs) So you can find oat straw at your local herb shop. You could also order it online. Yeah, I I often get my oat straw from Oshala Farm, where Mm -hmm. we actually interviewed them a few. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, last year. And they have a really lovely oat straw. And if you, for whatever reason, you're wanting some nourishment of the oat plant but you can't get to the herb store or it's taking a while to come online you can also just pick up oats at the grocery store and you could make yourself a nice oat milk and or you could just eat oatmeal but we have a an oat milk recipe on the learning herbs blog too that has some and you could add some cinnamon and ginger to that oat milk recipe for all that nourishment you could take an oat bath you could put a bunch of oats in a like a sock Put yes. it over the bath faucet and run hot water over it, I think, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> that easy. Yeah. <laughs> and then also in at least where I live in California, wild oats grow uh, all around and mm. they're often a, a considered a weed. So if you can find some that are growing near you that haven't been sprayed, that's a really lovely option as well to mm. harvest in the springtime. Sow your wild oats. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. You know, in addition to warming teas or things like that, uh, what herbal remedies are you making this season? Yeah. In addition to working with cinnamon and ginger and oat straw, the f- a few different herbal remedies that I like to work with during the winter include garlic honey and then also calendula oh. oil. So let's start with garlic honey. Yeah, this amazed me. <laughs> Yes. When I, it's like it, it doesn't seem like it should work. It should right? be a thing. 
<laughs> so anyway, you yes. talk about it. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. I remember being in herb school and my teacher, Autumn Summers, casually mentioning how she just chopped up a few cloves of fresh garlic and put them in honey. She let it steep for a few weeks and then would just eat a spoonful of that throughout the winter to support her immune health because garlic is an immune stimulant and then also super antimicrobial, antiviral. And then the honey kind of rounds out that pungency for this like rounder taste that's it's really good and it's more soothing with the honey as well so it's soothing for you know our throat if we're having a sore throat too and it's it's pretty amazing it tastes so good (laughs) what do you think john about and and, and this is yes and and it's it's another one of those remedies where there's no like exact science to making it right you just chop up a bunch of garlic put some honey over it and don't strain it just eat the garlic with the honey right i mean yeah exactly and we also have a recipe for garlic honey on the Learning Herbs oh, blog too. So if you're feeling a little intimidated, you yeah. know, you can you can check out um, that recipe as well. But it's yeah. it's a, it's as simple as John said. It's two ingredients. You don't have to strain it. You just eat it by the spoonful. And then sometimes I even add ginger to it as well for fun. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's probably lots of other things you can put in it, but we'll keep it simple for yeah. now. We'll yes. keep it simple. Exactly. Um, what else? Are you, what else are you doing? Yeah, I also love to work with calendula oil. What so. in winter? This is a summer flower. What are you? What are you talking about what? here? <laughs> yes, so I'll <laughs> harvest my <laughs> calendula flowers in the summertime, and then I'll dry them, and then I'll make a an oil with them. I'll infuse them into oil, and then I'll strain mm-hmm. it at this time of year. And it's so nice to bring in, at least for me, a calendula oil just feels like an infusion of all the energy of summertime. Mm. And it's so nice to bring in that subtly warming and solar energy into my wintertime routine. And I use a calendula oil as a facial serum and then also to do a little bit of herbal body oiling, which... When I first heard those words together, I was like, herbal body oiling. Oiling. What does that that? mean? I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And so basically an herbal body oiling, it's actually just what it sounds like. You have some herbal. (laughs) I I figured. Right? (laughs) You have some herbal oil and you put it in your hands and then you just massage your body with it. And it's a nice way to Mm. nourish your skin during the winter time when we can be prone to drying out more. Mm. And it also feels really nourishing for the nervous system. You know, it's a great way our our joints and our bodies might just be feeling a little stiffer during the winter time. And it's mm. a great way to bring lymphatic movement and circulation throughout the body. That's important. That's yes. cool. Oh, this is bring some summer into your winter. Yes. That's interesting. You make it with, with dried. Of course, if you probably could make oil with fresh, probably a little trickier, right? But yeah. it's a good way to, you could try both folks and you can through your herbal year exactly (laughs) yeah yeah it's all about experimenting having Mm -hmm. fun you know being creative it's (laughs) the way we can express our creativity in this in this world you know like exactly yeah and you know i'm saying a garlic honey and a calendula oil but like we were just talking about with the honey you could Mm. experiment with tons of different herbs you could do a ginger honey you could do with your calendula oil. You could do St. John's wort instead. You could do mm-hmm. rosemary. It, you know, if you didn't harvest any calendula, you could see what you have in your cupboard. Maybe you have some thyme, some rosemary, some sage, and you could infuse that into an oil. And that could be your lovely winter body oil as well. Nice. I like the idea, though, like you mentioned here in winter, just about finish with winter here. We're going to go into spring. But, you know, cinnamon, ginger, oat straw. You know, you want ideas to work with, play around with one a month. You know, I, I know I know everyone's going to have a list of herbs, like like a mile long that you, that you want, that you read in books that you got inspired by on something yeah. that Learning Herbs sent you. File that away, you know. It can get a little overwhelming. So a way to keep it simple is just focus on the one because you know what next year is going to come around and you can choose the next three herbs that would exactly. be fun in winter and then so on and so forth before you know it 10 years go by and you've played around with every herb that you've <laughs> you've thought about 
every um, herb every herb <laughs> every single one of them <laughs> here on planet earth here on yes. planet earth right and then you can go to another planet yes and you'll be, you'll be ready <laughs> um all right so uh let's see should we uh should we dive sh- into spring sh- should we dive into spring yeah so you know it's it's the snow is melting depending on where you live mm-hmm. i don't know how much snow where i live tar doesn't ever really get snow where she lives (laughs) but some of you have snow melting Mm -hmm. away your winter's ending and so um you know yeah let's get into spring let's get into it so spring is this time of so much beautiful upward and outward expansion for the plants the snow has been melting and the plants are starting to send up shoots you might Mm -hmm. even see little flowers and the sap is rising in the trees. And this is the perfect time as there's all this upward energy to harvest flowers if they're around, leaves, stems, and bark as well, just to get all those aerial parts of the plant, really. And yeah, with that in mind, some of the plants that I really like to work with during this season include yes. dandelion, mm-hmm. chickweed, and plantain. You know, three of my favorite, I think these are the first three medicinal plants that I learned about on herb walks. Oh. You know, one of those spring herb walks. So Cute. I'm glad we're, <laughs> yeah, but they are also three mm-hmm. plants that I have probably used the most and still probably use the most when it comes to those spring, spring edibles. Mm. So yeah. Let's 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 talk about them. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so curious what you like to do with them. But yeah, let's mm-hmm. let's start with dandelion. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that everyone knows what dandelion is. Mm-hmm. It's a very tenacious, often considered a weed by many people. Oh, uh, oh. Re- I know, right? This very I like to say resilient plant that mm-hmm. against so many odds can pop up in lawns everywhere and i like to think about that resilience too when i'm working with that plant and imagine that working with dandelion helps me bolster my own resilience after winter and more hibernation given me the the courage to blossom boldly into the next season and with dandelion i love to work with the root i love to work with the flower and the leaves and i mean there's just so many different things you can do with this plant but with the the leaves and the root are both bitter. And bitter is a great flavor to work with during the springtime. And the reason is, is because bitter helps stimulate our digestion. It helps. We have little bitter receptors mm-hmm. throughout our GI tract that help release digestive secretions to help us digest our food more efficiently. And, you know, during the wintertime, we might be eating a little more heavier, heartier foods that are really nourishing to fortify us through the season. And then spring comes and we're in this upward expansion and we might be craving different kinds of foods now. And the dandelion, the bitterness of it really helps us in that seasonal transition and that digestive transition into the next season. It's like looking around you. It's spring when that heaviness of winter is over and the heavy foods and then there's all these bitter spring greens coming up. So yes. I think nature's worked this out where those are, that's our clue for health uh, is to eat some of these, da- some dandelion leaves in your salad. Now it might be a little too much to make a full salad plate full of dandelion leaves, but you know, you just find some tender ones, you know, not the big, uh, big ones that, you know, later on in the season when they're all jaggedy and look, you know, is this like, like, ew. If does it look like something you would eat? That's what I always like. It's like you know, it's just like does this look, you know, like something that would taste good? Totally. <laughs> and um, take a few of those leaves and put them in the salad, sprinkle them around, or just eat a few off the, you know, off a place you know it's not getting sprayed or you know. Yeah. Over the last few years, I feel like bitters, like bitter tinctures, have become mm. more and more popular. But you can also get the same benefits of bitters without the alcohol, with just chewing on a little bit of a dandelion Holy. leaf before eating to help stimulate your your digestion. And then also making a nice dandelion root coffee, air mm-hmm. quotes coffee, can mm-hmm. be really yeah, nice. <laughs> and then a dandelion leaf pesto is really good too. And we have all those recipes on Learning Herbs as well. Wow. 
That's wonderful. Yeah. And then if you have some dandelion flowers, people make dandelion wine. You can also make dandelion fritters. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different cookies, options. Cookies, herb fairies, our kids program has yeah. cookies. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 just so if, if you haven't been on our blog, it's learningherbs.com. And then just click on blog and there's a little search thing and you can search for stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and they're all free recipes, mm, too. All free. So all free. it's very cool. All right. And then dandelion also, that bitter quality is also helping support our livers. So mm -hmm. during the springtime, you know, there's this upward expansion. There's, you know, the weather's starting to heat up. Our bodies are also can have little flares of heat or inflammation in the springtime. And that can happen a lot with our livers. We might get a little mm. flared, a little inflammatory. So the cooling bitter quality of dandelion can really help support our liver health, which in turn helps support our skin health. So mm. if yeah. you're finding yourself, for me, a lot of the times during spring, I'll be like, wow, I'm having a little more acne or some more rashes. And then I lean back on my bitters like dandelion to really help support my skin health. Mm. Well, a little trick is, you know, chances are if you're listening to this, you're interested in making a little herb garden, maybe, a little, you know, even if it's a little bed or even if it's a few on an apartment and it's a few containers, chances are there's going to be dandelions coming up there. And 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 that's a great place to you got to weed that out anyway because it's a garden. Mm -hmm. So you might as well just take the full plant. It'd be easy to take all the whole root part out and everything, and then make medicine or eat all the parts of the ones that are coming up in your garden. Mm -hmm. You know, and and so roots. I love you know scrubbing the roots and chopping them up and just adding them to a stir fry. Oh, oh yum! My favorite. It's such a nice roasted flavor. So good. That's such a good idea, yeah. John. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we should probably go to another plant. Oh, yeah. I know. We get, we're know. a little we obsessed go on and with on. I mean, we love dandelion so much. It's in the logo of Learning Herbs, right? So, yeah, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, let's talk about chickweed, another <laughs> iconic Learning Herbs plant, because mm -hmm. the first herb fairy book is about the Stellaria. herb fairy Stellaria chickweed. Yeah. And Stellaria media i guess it's media mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the botanical name or is it i like media or is it... <laughs> whatever you want it to be john for the time capsule that we're creating right today. yes right i keep forgetting i'm talking to a thousand years from now aliens that yeah. are visiting our planet totally <clears throat> so yes chickweed folks <laughs> Yes, chickweed. <laughs> ah, I love this plant as well because it also grows as quote unquote a weed. You can often find it growing in a lawn, growing alongside a sidewalk or a path that you may be on. And it has these beautiful little white flowers that look like stars and its leaves are juicy and yeah. really nutritive. And they're just, they're cooling and moistening and they feel like they balance that kind of heating upward energy of spring to just really help nourish our bodies and balance our bodies during this seasonal transition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why you do know, you like chickweed, John? You know, I remember when kids were little and we helped out at a local organic farm and the farmer there, farmer Eric always was, was, was more than happy to let us harvest the quote unquote weeds all around because, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's a great place great relationship to make like if you do have a local like csa or organic farm it's just like hey i'm into this stuff can i harvest some of your weeds right so i go you know always we have because you can never get better chickweed than growing under his tomatoes you know mm. and so uh, i get these these all this chickweed or lamb's quarter or whatever and it only took a a matter of a year or two for there always to be chickweed in the csa members salad mix like we inspired oh, him. Like nice. he added a salmon. And then eventually he added lamb's quarter as one of the items in the CSA box. Wow. Yeah, exactly. You're an inspiration. So, well, you everyone listening can have that inspiration on their local farmers. And the next thing you know, everyone in the community is eating chickweed. Yes. <laughs> so good. Oh. And it'll be your fault. Yes. <laughs> what a good thing to be blamed for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but pretty much in our house. I mean, I'm a, it's more of a always an edible for me, but yeah, but we definitely made them the pesto with that. Mm. All kinds of, you know, chickweed grilled cheese sandwiches and Yeah. <laughs> it's such a mild taste too so it's just a really nice one mm. to add into whatever you're cooking really mm -hmm. you know whether it's a salad a pesto etc 
And again, with its cooling, moistening qualities, it really helps balance signs of dryness and heat in the body. So for example, if you're more prone to getting rashes during the springtime that might present a little more dry or red or itchy, maybe some eczema, the chickweed can help balance that. Or if you're prone to, for me, my allergies during the springtime, I'll get itchy red eyes and the chickweed can really help balance that as well. And, so. and and play around like like if that's a case, say you have this dry skin condition, eat the chickweed and then mash it up or chew it up however you're comfortable with and put it on the affected area. Exactly. And hold it there for a while. Or you so many things you can do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And if you're doing that with the eyes, just to note, you want to do that with a closed eye. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. So if you think it's like, you know, if something feels hot and dry, then chickweed is cool and obviously moist. Like just use your senses. Mm-hmm. Like this feels cool. It looks, it's, it, it, it feels moist. It tastes moist. Mm-hmm. And then that op- it'll help that opposite effect. Yeah, it doesn't work for everything, but it does work for like most first aid types of things. Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just such a cute plant. Yeah. <laughs> just go hang out with chickweed. <laughs> yeah. 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 And now we're, now we're getting into to plantain. Plantain. Another yeah. plant that often gets called a quote-unquote weed. Uh. Another one of my favorite plants. You can often see it growing in lawns, growing not just along pathways, but within the path, mm-hmm. and then along sidewalks, too. It's it's all over. One of my favorite games to play in the city I live is like, wait, where is plantain growing? You know, mm-hmm. And I often see it just like sprouting out of the concrete. <laughs> yeah. Another very resilient plant to help us bring that that energy into our springtime as we're wanting to blossom forth into the next season. And plantain, I mean, plantain could just do so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing plant. I, oh my, I'm like, what, where do I even start with plantain? Well, um, <laughs> well, I think, I think the, the first, my first connection with plantain was, I mean, I didn't really know about it at this point, but somebody mm-hmm. I was with, we were traveling and we were at this rest stop and this this young person, it was like in the early 90s or something, like got this wasp sting, you know? Mm. And then my friend said, you know, went and picked some and gave it to her and told her, you know, how to chew it up and put it on it. And, and uh, she did that and the crying stopped almost immediately. And that was like pretty profound and then of course i've had many of my own experiences using it for that since you mm-hmm. know but it's often known as that bee staying plant <laughs> yeah it's super helpful in first aid situations mm-hmm. like stings bug bites too also little cuts and scrapes and bumps and bruises it's great as a poultice but then also as a salve mm-hmm. most of my first aid salves have plantain in them because it's a vulnerary which means it helps heal tissues and it's also antimicrobial, so it's bringing that quality to to its mm. to the healing salve, which is really nice. And then another one of my favorite ways to work with plantain is adding it to digestive tea blends and also tea blends for allergies. I think because plantain is so it's anti-inflammatory and it's also very, you know, vulnerary tissue reparative. It just mm-hmm. is really nice for the digestive system and helping address inflammation in that area. So if I have an upset stomach, I'll add it into a tea blend. Or if I'm just feeling kind of flared in my allergies, it can just be really nice to add to a soothing tea as well. Yeah. And a little trick for accessing plantain, you know, like Tara mentioned, the it comes up in the cracks of the sidewalk. You know, you're going to find it somewhere on your lawn. And what I always do when you have a nice patch, mow around it. Keep it there all summer. Just know when you can run out and get get a plantain. Like I know on my yard where the plantain is, where the yarrow is, where all the first aid things are. Mm-hmm. And they're just growing. I live in a place, it's a milder climate up in the way northwest of Washington. And so usually, you know, it's out there somewhere. Not plantain, but like yarrow and some other one. You, you get to know which ones are out there. But but in the in the spring, summer, fall, like, like whoop, need plantain, go get it. You know, like mm-hmm. you know where it is. And so if it's a little patch in your garden or even on your lawn, just mow around a little spot. 
and just keep a little stash and you know that you that that's not you know being sprayed or or in a weird spot people are walking on like the sidewalk <laughs> yeah. because but for because because for nature you know the plantain's doing for the earth what it can do for your skin so think of that like you know it's like it sends like when it's disturbed and and bad and bad soil and that soil needs healing you know like nature sends in the plants that are gonna help heal its skin and plantain being one of the main ones that you see everywhere that more soil and whatnot is all disturbed so a little thing to think about it's kind of fun yes and it's so nice cultivating a relationship with plants Mm. like plantain and chickweed and dandelion because so often when you're in maybe you're in a new place you you'll probably see these plants growing around you and that's just sweet to have a familiar friend nearby yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I, I feel like it's time to, you know, get into summer. Summer! You Woo. know, and when the plants are reaching their full expression, mm. flowering, starting to fruit, getting that fruiting and fruiting a little later, some of them in the beginning of the summer, some of them later in the summer. So Tara, what are some plant allies you'd like to work with in the summertime? Okay. Well, three plant allies I love to work with are hawthorn, mm-hmm. rose, and aloe. Aloe. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and we happen to have plant profiles on all these plants. Actually, all the plants we've mentioned on Herb Mentor, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the aloe one's a little newer, and I love it. It's written by Krista Sinadinos. Mm-hmm. And I like to work with aloe topically. For my skin, that's that's a plant that a lot of people who maybe don't even identify as herbalists are familiar with. They have it as a house plant, or they buy aloe at the store to put on their skin after they've gotten a little sunburn. Mm-hmm. And aloe is just super anti-inflammatory, very cooling and moistening. And if we're thinking about the energetics of summertime, we want to balance that. So the summer right. is often the driest, hottest time of the year, and that can be kind of inf- inflammatory for our bodies, heating, (laughs) if you will. And so bringing in these cooling, moistening, soothing herbs like aloe is really nice. And then I also like to work with aloe internally, just the the inner filet. So not the outer part of the outer leaf of aloe. So I have a piece of aloe. I just cut it off my my house plant. Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot of aloe in my house, and even in my office here, there's a junk. What keeps crawling out? And you, and you, I have to re, I have to repot it. Anyway, <laughs> so I've got this big. So what do I do with that? I, I cut it. I kind of cut the one side of it and open it up, or mm-hmm. how does that work? And there's like a whole process, basically, mm. of draining the latex out of the aloe. And I won't go into all the directions. We actually have those directions as well on learningherbs.com. Oh. We have, yeah, a great blog post on how to harvest that part of the aloe. And it's it's very easy to do, but you just want to make sure you don't get the the outer leaf because that is... Oh, a, you're right. We do. Yeah, right? <laughs> I just I just hit blog and typed aloe in. Yes. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. I love that new website we have. It's super fast. It's so fast. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And really wanting to work with that inner filet rather than the outer filet because the outer filet is very bitter and can mm-hmm. cause intense digestive upset. Oh. But the inner part of the aloe, once you've followed the simple steps for preparing it is very soothing and nourishing and i actually honestly i usually purchase my aloe from the grocery store because it's just so easy so i'll go to my local health food store get the aloe inner filet juice Hmm. and then i'll just drink a little shot of it daily during the summertime because it's so soothing and cooling and moistening and i feel like it really helps balance my body during the hot inflammatory Mm. summertime and there's nothing more fun in the summertime than to do aloe shots with your friends absolutely you'll be the most popular one at the party absolutely (laughs) (laughs) aloe shots aloe shots yes yeah yes i know if people looked in my fridge man (laughs) there's so many weird things in there now i have been made fun of. i still get made fun of by roommates i had 30 years ago they'll they'll hang out with me and go remember that time john had those weird ice cubes in the freezer (laughs) those green ice cubes yeah i'm thinking my jewel weed ice cubes i used to make 
Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, when you live in an area with a lot of poison ivy, I like, and I can't get out to the jewel weed. You know, you see how you? I mean, what I'm saying this, everyone, is because I think like that. Like, I think like, like, how can I have the fastest access to out plant allies that I like to have the most when something's up? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. where's my plantain? Where's my allies? Where's my friends? You know, where's my, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And even if they're ones not in it, that you're taking in an acute situation, but you want to be taking daily, it's just really mm-hmm. nice to have them conveniently located nearby. So not a acute situation, but acute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> an adorable situation. And an adorable, when you, when you have an adorable situation... <laughs> You have to be ready with your aloe. Absolutely. I'm always ready for an adorable situation. So that's aloe. Do you want to talk about Hawthorne? Should we do Hawthorne? Yeah, well, Hawthorne was one of the very first herbs I learned about. And it is, you know, I know we're talking about summer here, but there's couple different well i mean what are you are you intending hawthorne flowers here in the summer because for us they come out in may mm-hmm. or are we talking about the berry i'm talking about the whole the like, whole thing the, the, so you put it in the middle yes, all yes. right so in the in the spring love gathering hawthorne flowers and we do that's like a ritual we've always done every spring still do Aww. and because there are hawthorne trees everywhere you know there's different all kinds of species wild species cultivated species but um you strip those flowers off and dry those and use them for tea or infusions and then in the in 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 the fall well again it depends where you're living and where what your tree's doing mm-hmm. but those berries have a lot of uses from tincturing for for various health reasons all the way to taking the berries and even making a jelly or something if you wanted to there's all kinds of things cordials yeah. there's many many things but Tara, primarily, what is the meme? When you think Hawthorne in our bodies, what is the main thing you think about? I think about love because I Aww. love Hawthorne. <laughs> I think about the heart. And that's Hawthorne's most iconic gift mm-hmm. is healing the emotional and physical heart. And during the summertime, especially in traditional Chinese medicine, uh, the season is associated with the heart. And the heart can get a little overworked during the summertime Mm. we can think about that on a physical from a physical standpoint we're running around more we're just being more active often in our fullest expression and so the heart can just use a little extra soothing and nourishment and hawthorn is just so nourishing specifically for the heart and it's also anti-inflammatory can be slightly cooling which just makes it a really lovely ally for the summertime. And there's so many ways to use it. You can use it in oh my gosh. lots of different ways and then get those effects. So you don't have to have a Hawthorne tea every day. I mean, one day it's some Hawthorne heart cordial that you made mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. And since you mentioned love, Hawthorne, we'll talk about rose in a second, even old straw earlier. My wonderful, beautiful, amazing wife, Kimberly, Kimberly Gallagher, wrote a book called Aphrodisiac that has some nice monographs in there and has some really fun ways to get to know these plants that we're talking about. Mm. Oh, it's such a good book. And I love the Hawthorne recipes in there. And yeah, this plant is just like you were saying, John, there's so many different ways to work with it. So I, in my freezer, speaking of weird things to have in your fridge and freezer, (laughs) I have a a huge bag of Hawthorne berries from the fall that are frozen. And I'll I'll make medicine with them throughout the year, but I always make sure to save some of them for the summertime. And I love to make kind of like basically how you'd make a cranberry sauce, but I like to do that with with hawthorn berries. So I'll take out the pits and then I'll just simmer them with either some sugar or some honey and water. Sometimes add a little orange peel for fun. Mm. And it's it makes a really nice compote to eat daily. You know, you can eat it by the spoonful or add it to your meals. And then, like you're saying, you can do hawthorn teas. You can do hawthorn tinctures. You can make a beautiful salve with the hawthorn leaves and flowers there's so many different options and it's really fun to get creative with this plant as well 
Hi, all. This is Tara popping on with a little note to say that we got so excited talking about Hawthorne that we forgot to mention a few special considerations when working with Hawthorne. So keep in mind that people taking heart medications such as, but not limited to, digitalis and beta blockers should consult with an experienced practitioner before taking Hawthorne. And Hawthorne should not be used by folks who have diastolic congestive heart failure. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this little note, and let's get back to talking about Hawthorne. I know I talked about taking a a month to to you know for each of these plants and exploring, but in in reality, you know, you could take a whole year on one plant. Yeah, and that's a good exercise too to consider. Even if you're doing the monthly thing, maybe there's one that you just really go deep in that mm-hmm. whole year. That's actually was a big part of my personal herbal training. When, when my mm. Kimberly and I apprenticed Ravencroft Garden in Monroe, Washington, they still do an apprenticeship. So I can Google Ravencroft Garden, Eagle Song, and Sally King were my mentors and Kimberly's mentors. And they, and um, that was uh, in the wise woman tradition. And, you know, our big thing was we would just go deep on one plant and at the end of the year, you know, do his presentation, all the different ways, you know, 50 different ways of dandelion or whatever plant, yeah. Hawthorne, whatever it was. And then, you know, you see each other's presentations and you learn so much. So mm-hmm. that's another cool thing to do your herbal year, you know. Yes. Maybe one plant really resonates with you in this podcast and you'd be like, you know what, I'm just going to go deep on Hawthorne this year, a rose or something. Yeah, and it's it's really nice, too, to do that with herbs specifically. I'm thinking Hawthorne or oat straw because they're so... On a, from an energetic standpoint, they're a little more neutral, so, uh-huh. neutral, so they're not mm-hmm. super cooling, super heating, so they can be a nice herb right. to work with all year long and not, you know, <laughs> bring you a little out of balance as well. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have our mentor and our forum. You can check in with us on these things like, hey, I'm thinking about taking all year to study, I don't know, like something Oregon strange grapefruit. <laughs> grapefruit right that I, there's only so much you're gonna do with Oregon grapefruit so <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my gosh okay wait speaking of which shout out to Oregon grapefruit oh uh, I... <laughs> yeah I love Oregon grape I've grown all over my yes yeah. <laughs> I a few weeks ago went on I went on a trip to visit my grandpa the night before I'm supposed to fly I get food poisoning <laughs> oh my like, gosh oh no <laughs> am I gonna be able to make it through this flight without throwing up and I had organ grapefruit tincture on me and I knew that for me it's very helpful with food poisoning and as soon as I took it I felt about 50% better and I just kept taking it and I made it through my flight (laughs) oh great yeah super super strong liver herb like not the kind of herb that like dandelion that you would have maybe every day to nourish your liver but this is this is when you need that heavy medicine you know and you need and that's why I got it growing in my backyard because yes. anytime I need it, I can just go make a decoction with a fresh any, any time of year. Yes, you know? for an adorable situation. I don't even tincture it anymore or do anything. I just go get it when I need it. And I can t- yes. <laughs> Someday I'll write a book on lazy herbalism. And Perfect. I'll be good at it. It's one thing I can do well. I can't wait to read it, John. <laughs> if you need an editor, let me know. All right. Did we talk about Rose yet? We haven't no. talked about All Rose. Right, gosh. We've All been right. so excited about yeah. Hawthorne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No time limits here. We're just going to talk and talk. Why not? We're going to talk forever. This is your year, folks. Herbal year. And f- for our off-planet visitors, this is their introduction to herbalism on so the planet. So exciting. Yeah. Oh, wow. Rose. Oh, my heart. I love Rose. I don't even know what to say, but I do. Let's dive into Rose. Much like Hawthorne. I mean, it doesn't take an herbalist to tell you that Rose is associated with the heart, right? Mm -hmm, You think mm -hmm. about Valentine's Day. What is the flower that is the best seller on that day? In this image for associated with the heart and love. Yeah. Yeah. A bouquet of red roses. Mm -hmm. And Rose is nourishing for the emotional heart as well as the physical heart. I oh my gosh I just I love this plant and (laughs) like Hawthorne it has the quality of these beautiful flowers these delicate flowers and these nice fruits in the rose's case it's the rose hips and then also both these plants have these thorns and I love thinking about 
the balance of these thorns and then the softness of their beautiful flowers and how we can apply that to our own hearts, you know, having boundaries and then also letting ourselves soften and welcome love into our hearts as well. So these can be great energetic, emotional teachers in that way. And then on a physical level, rose is just nourishing for the heart as well, just like hawthorn. So much with rose, but rose petal honey. Can you talk about that? Because to me, that's like the number one thing you do with rose. That, oh that was gosh. like the, the th- if you do this this year, everyone, and you're listening and you're you know, you, you, you find some remedy. You're going to like, you got to try a lot of remedies because every once in a while you come across one that you're going to make every year, mm-hmm. even 25 years later, <laughs> you're still going to be making this remedy. And this is for, for, for us or Kimberly and I, in our household, you know, even my kids, if you ask and they can't, ima- they can't remember a time, you know, a spring without rose petal honey. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my favorite honeys as well. And just like the garlic honey, it's really simple to make. You collect your rose petals, your fresh rose petals, and you want to make sure, too, that you're using roses that haven't been sprayed. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to use the ones that you'd pick up at the grocery store or other ones that could potentially have been sprayed. And I live you, in a places with yeah. lots of wild roses in the Northwest, so it was never a problem getting Perfect. non-sprayed ones because they're, <laughs> they're wonderful and they're everywhere. But uh, So beautiful. You may not have that, so. Yeah, yeah. And so if you do have that, you can collect the fresh rose petals and put them in a jar and maybe pack it about three quarters of the way full or to almost all the way full. And then you just pour honey into the jar to cover that's the it. rose petals. And then you're, you're, that's good. You let you're it done. steep. You don't have to strain anything. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. <laughs> and if you don't have fresh rose petals too, you could also, I like to, with dried rose petals, I like to powder them by putting them in a coffee grinder. And then from there, I'll just add them into honey and stir it together. And then it's immediately done. It's a, a rose petal honey in that mm. way as well. Yeah. You know, I used to wonder when making this, why this isn't a flavor we all don't know, what, what some flavor we all know about. And nowadays, you know, in the more artists and drinks and things like that and, you know, in the stores, I'm starting to see, you know, people. Rose petal kombucha. Yeah, things like that where you're <laughs> going, oh, yeah, okay, people have discovered rose petals, uh, secrets out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, all the secrets, man. <laughs> and then once you have that honey, there's all kinds of things you can then do with it. You know, mm-hmm. you could, you know, like, oh, there's so much. So, yeah. And then also as a topical, rose is really nice if you've got a little sun in the summertime and you're worried you're going to get a sunburn or even after a sunburn. That rose petal honey is really nice for, for soothing the skin as well. Or you could infuse rose into vinegar, which is also nice mm-hmm. after a sunburn or even making a rose petal tea and then using that as a facial wash or as a wash for a sunburn as well. Yeah, it's really soothing, yeah. anti-inflammatory, and just nourishing to your, your skin tissues. And don't forget the rose hips. We're talking about rose, which um, are the fruit. Yes, the um, rose hips. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the rose hips. And, you know, you live out where I do in a wetter area. You kind of have to harvest them when they, you know, when they look like they're ripe and and make a vinegar or do something with them. But if you live in a drier place, like I remember in the East Coast growing up in New Jersey, uh, you know, the little ones, you know, they after that first frost, you could just eat them off the bush and they're just like, like tasted like this little chewy candy. Wow. But it, out here, it's, if you do that in the winter, it'd be like, blah, mush, you know, but <laughs> yeah, it depends where you live. <laughs> yeah. And rose hips are super rich in vitamin C, mm-hmm. you know, when they're fresh off the rose bush they often have more vitamin c per weight than an orange so wow yeah it's pretty significant and they're they're great in a syrup great in a vinegar great in a tea you scoop out all the few go through the extreme you might only do this once folks because it's really laborious but if you do scoop out all the seeds in them you can also you know put them in honey and just eat them in the honey it'll sort of candy it yeah and, and that's really good too great way to get that vitamin c and that tangy vitamin c burst you know 
oh. in your mouth. Oh, so good. Delicious. Oh, uh, well, those were our plants for summer. Should we talk wait, about a few other remedies? Do we do we talk about St. John's wort? <laughs> well, we talked oh, no. about some Hawthorne Heart uh, Cordial. We mentioned that, and there's a recipe for that on the Learning okay. Herbs blog as well oh, that you can okay. check out. It has some apples in it, too. Everyone, everyone just look into St. John's wort later yes. on your own, too. But that's yes. a good summer one. We'll get yes. to that next year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, and now we're we're coming into the season of autumn mm, and fall. the energy is descending mm -hmm. into the earth and you know into the roots and there's seeds and you know later fruits and all of these you know so mm -hmm. anyway let's talk about Let's talk about fall. Let's talk about fall. Yeah. Ooh. We get very serious when we talk about fall. Yes, we're very serious. <laughs> Descending. Yes. Descending, yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, people get a little more, you know, there's that, it's that time of year. We we start to concentrate our energy and we, you know, going back to school and start learning things. And we, you know, you're bringing, you know, it's the end of your garden. You're tidying it up. You're getting ready for winter. And this is where the energy of the plants is going too. So mm -hmm. while we're getting ready to hole up for the winter, so are the plants. Yeah, they sure yeah. are. Yeah. And a few plants that I really like to work with during this season are elderberry and garlic. S sweet. Yes. Let's talk about elderberry first. A very, I mean, this plant has become so popular in recent years, which Hi. makes me excited for a lot of people who aren't herbalists. I can still talk with them about elderberry and they... They've at least heard that word before. Yeah. Another <laughs> one of those plants where 25 years ago when I was using it and making syrups and drinks and wines, I was like, why doesn't everybody know about this? Now, yes. again, you go into the co-op and it's like the half the drinks have elderberry in it now, which means I went into the wrong business. Yes. <laughs> and that's what we're here to talk about today. This is actually an intervention, John. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no problem. Here to help. Anyway, elderberries. Wasn't enough about me. Oh, yeah. Elderberry. <clears throat> um, well, elderberry is most well known as an antiviral so it can help strengthen the immune system if taken over a long period of time it's great to work with elderberry daily especially during cold and flu season and then also if you feel like you're starting to get a bit of a cold or flu you can increase that dosage and get a little more elderberry in your body to help stimulate your immune system further um, I like to work with elderberry as a syrup mostly, mm -hmm. but it's also great to just make into a tea as well. Sometimes I don't want all that, all the sweetness of the syrup. So I'll just make a decoction, which is when you boil and then simmer herbs in a pot on the stove and then add mm -hmm. a little bit of honey. Mm -hmm. We also have a great elderberry gummy bear recipe mm. on the blog, which is really nice. And yeah, there's not just... those kind of gummies, folks. <laughs> yes, you're right, John. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Yes, they're very innocent gummy bears that are really helpful for your immune system. Yeah, and then yeah. elderberry is less well known for being really anti-inflammatory, but it, it also is anti-inflammatory and really helpful for eye health and skin health as well. Oh. I drink it every, I drink a, like this, that kind of refrigerator syrup, you know, like you said, the decoction, adding a little honey. We have that recipe on learning herbs, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, we do. I have a, I have a big splash of that and in every, every morning in the winter months for sure, like fall mm -hmm. through spring. It's a big one. I harvest a lot and keep them in the freezer. And some people like to get dry. That's dry. Some people prefer the dried berry syrup to the fresh. And I don't know, it depends on your personal taste, but either one's fine. Sometimes a lot harder for people to, especially if you can't find uh, fresh berries or, but if you do and you have a tree and you have a place you like gathering your berries, this is one where you don't tell your friends where the tree is because don't go on an herb walk and show your secret spots where you have places that you gather. Exactly. <laughs> Especially on ferries. Mm -hmm. I did that once and oh my God. Regrets. My whole my whole area that was all wiped out by somebody that oh. was on an herb walk with me. And I was like, oh. Damn. <laughs> Which shouldn't be the case because when you harvest, just to put a little note out from wildcrafting, learn about wildcrafting and actually there's a book that we have written by rosalie de la Frey and emily Hahn called wild remedies and i love that book because it roots your harvesting in ethical and sustainable wildcrafting and if the 
if the people, you know, I've seen stands of things, you know, people just wipe it out. You gotta, you gotta, you know, harvest in a way that makes sure that the tree is going to be healthy, the area is going to be healthy, that there's a lot left for the birds and the animals. That's just elderberry I'm talking about. But when harvesting any wild plants, you definitely want to take into consideration what's, you know, sustainability is important. So yeah, good for sure. A little shout out for sustainability. Shout out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I have on elderberry. I mean, there's so Mm -hmm. many different things you can do with this plant as well. Like with all the different plants we've mentioned, but this is just a great way to get started. And then you can explore from there what you want to make with this plant. Because you can do a lot with the flowers in the springtime. You can do, yeah, there's a lot of things that you can that you can do with elderberry. It's one that I just, yeah, it's this one like rose that I definitely harvest every year. Yeah. <laughs> and have for a long time. All right. So uh, let's talk about uh, garlic. Gar- garlic, yeah, yeah. Garlic. Well, we already talked a little bit about garlic honey. Mm-hmm. And I do love to eat that in the winter, but it's also a great one to work with in the fall as well. And garlic is antiviral, antimicrobial, great during cold and flu season for helping to prevent colds and flu, and then also to help support the body if you do get a cold. I also really like garlic in moderation for digestive health. Sometimes it can be a little too much on people's digestion, so I like to just cook with a little bit of it here and there. And that's the main way I like to work with garlic. You know, you can probably get a capsule of of any of these herbs we've mentioned, but a lot of these herbs taste really good and garlic tastes great and makes a great culinary addition to most dishes. So that's how I like to work with this herb. Or also I like to make a fire cider with garlic in it. And that's, yeah, fire cider for me can be too intense to just take shots of. So, mm-hmm. you know, unlike my aloe shots. So <laughs> don't mix them. Yeah, right. Oh, God. So it's horrible. Yeah. Wow, this is a full body response for me. Yeah, I really like to add my fire cider into my cooking. So maybe I add it into a stir fry, mm. add it into soup, or include it in a salad dress. And that's a nice way to experience some of the medicine of garlic and whatever else you put in your fire cider. And by the way, we have a great fire cider recipe that Rosemary Gladstar, she walks you step by step through how to make it. It's on YouTube, that video. And then we also have it on the blog. Hmm. That's yes. Thanks. Thanks for that. And how about any other remedies for the fall? Yeah. One other one that I like to shout out during this time in general are respiratory steams. So during the fall, our, our, you know, lungs can be a little vulnerable. There's more colds and flus happening. It's also, there can just be some lingering dryness in our bodies from the summertime and really bringing hydration and nourishment to our respiratory systems is a great way to keep them strong and healthy. And I love to make a respiratory steam with herbs like chamomile, rosemary, mm-hmm. so many different culinary herbs that people often have, like sage and marjoram, thyme are great as well. Mm. And to make a respiratory steam, at least how I do it, I just, you know, boil some water put it in, you know, a little pot and then I put it on the table in front of me. I sit down and I put my herbs in the pot and then I put a towel over my yeah. head while I breathe in that that steam. Mm-hmm. And I do that for about, you know, 15 minutes or so. I take breaks. If it Don't feels too Don't forget the yeah. box of tissues next the to you. The box of tissues, the most important ingredient. <laughs> Why, John? Why would someone need a box of tissues? Oh, I don't know. You'll find out. <laughs> yes, there's there's a lot of um, you releasing. You will mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> emotional release of Here's your release. mucus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and chamomile especially is great if you have a stuffy nose. So one of my housemates just had a cold and this was what I recommended to her actually. And it's, she had a, she was starting to get a sinus infection and nothing was working. And then we did the chamomile steam. And then the next day she was, she was fine. <laughs> it was pretty mm. remarkable. And to be ready for these things, didn't try them. Um, 
you know, like I said, I have my elderberries frozen in the freezer, or if you're using dried, you'll have a jar of them. But I think always having a jar of chamom- dried chamomile flowers in the kitchen is, is as important as anything else to have in the kitchen. Yeah. And I love, yeah. you know, making remedies with things like chamomile too, because often maybe you're traveling or you don't have all your herbs on hand for whatever reason. Since chamomile is such a popular beverage tea, you can often find it at the supermarket, you know, even if you don't have your full apothecary on you. Like you might not be able to find hawthorn and plantain at at Safeway or wherever it is, but chamomile you can usually find. I used to have a little video series called Supermarket Herbalism where I went around and just like, hey, if you're traveling, and you don't have your herbs with you. What can you get here? Mm. You know, and it's usually the medicine is found in the produce aisle. Yes, garlic, and ginger. Yeah, yeah. Onion. Well, and you can get and and in the tea. I mean, yeah, it's not ideal with the, all the tea bags, but if you are, there's always going to be chamomile tea. It's always going to be peppermint tea. Your aloe is going to be over in the first aid section by the <laughs> uh, by the sunscreens. You know, things like that. So Yeah, cinnamon in the spice section. Yeah. And it just kind of gives you comfort that if you know ways to use all these common plants like that, whether you're at someone else's kitchen or their yard or in the, you know, you always have access, you know. So that's really, really important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just again, you know, the one of the guiding principles that's really leading us as we're talking about your your herbal year is balancing whatever is showing up each season. Mm-hmm. So in the wintertime, it's cold. We're thinking about mm-hmm. warming, nourishing herbs. In the springtime, there's this kind of rising heat we're th- and, you know, shedding our emotional, physical layers from the wintertime. We're thinking about herbs that can help us in that transition, bitter yeah. herbs, in the summertime. Greens, greens, yes. greens in the spring. and Exactly. Yeah. In the summertime, we're thinking about cooling, hydrating herbs during the dryness and the heat of the summer. And then in the fall, we're, we're thinking about herbs to really help support any lingering dryness in the body and then help support us during cold and flu season. Oh. It's that simple. Yeah. <laughs> so if folks want to learn more tips for planning their herbal year ahead, Tara, where can they go? Yes, people can go to Herb Mentor, where I've made a guide to planning your herbal year with all these tips and tricks on how to mm-hmm. prepare and move in harmony with the seasons. And if you are not an Herb Mentor member yet, you can well, you can go check it out on learningherbs.com, actually. You can look it through it and whatnot, and you can just see if that's for you. But, you know... Often we have a little discount on, if you just go to herbmentorradio.com, just type that in. And then you might find a little discount right there. Yes. Ah, a great discount. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And I just hope you all have a very sweet, nourishing, herbal year ahead full of so much plant magic. Absolutely. And before you go, everyone, just stick around because we just might have a little herb note here for you. Yay! Well, Happy New Year, everyone. And uh, we look forward to bringing you a lot of great interviews and awesome herbal information all year long. So many great interviews. Thank you so much for being part of our community. We appreciate it. Thank you. Herb Mentor Radio and Herb Notes are 100% sustainably wildcrafted podcasts. Written, performed, and produced by Tara Ruth and me, John Gallagher. Sound engineering by Zach Frank. Can you do us a quick favor? Look up Herb Mentor Radio on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate and review us. We'd really appreciate it. Also, visit HerbMentorRadio.com to find out how you can be part of Herb Mentor, which is a site you must see to believe. Herb Mentor Radio is a production of LearningHerbs.com, LLC, all rights reserved. Thank you very, very, very much for listening.